Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Good morning, Luminous. Good morning, Luminous. Awesome. Well, look, it's, it's been some time that I've been around. Some of you are like, Austin, where have you been? I've been traveling all over the world. No, I've just really been traveling all over the United States. But I'm so excited to be here. And like Ben mentioned earlier, I'm one of the campus ministers here at UTSA. And so I'm this really is excited, like I said, to be here, and this is an honor and a privilege to be here with you this morning and to share God's word. And so I see some familiar faces, the Voltaires, Deb, Russ, and I also see some new faces as well. So I'm so excited that you're here with us to be able to, to really just be a part of the, what God's doing here in San Antonio, and I look forward to seeing you later on this morning. So thank you, PB, for, for giving me the opportunity to share uh, what God has given me the last couple months. And if y'all don't know, PB's Ben's street name, also known as Pastor Ben. So I've entitled this message, The Trail of Tears, What Mary Knew. And we're going to look how her obedience through the circumstance her obedience to what God has birthed and the blessing she did not know will come through her obedience. So my hope this morning is that I could be transparent with you all and share what God has spoken to me over the last couple months. So feel free to laugh and enjoy this time, but at the same time be willing to receive what God is doing with your hearts, with open mind in your hearts, and just be able to really just take this in. Let us pray. God, we just thank you this morning, Father, Father, that you are so good, that you are so good, God, that your glory extends forever, that your grace is given to us, Father God. I pray that your word today, it is your word, Father, that you're using me as a vessel, Father. God, so I just thank you so much for who you are and how much you shower us with your love, God. In Jesus' name, I pray. How many of you just wish that you can just go back in time? To go back in a, in a place in time in which that you, you know, said something foolish or did something embarrassing. You wish you could just take that back, so I'll just rather go back in time and, and do and change what happened. Man, I so wish I can be McFly, Marty McFly from Back to the Future. I mean, I just so wish I could just be just like him, jump in DeLorean, and just go back in time to about 15 years ago when I took this picture and asked my 15-year-old self, you got that photo? Yes. Yes. And ask my 15-year-old self, what are you wearing? And why? Yes, I am wearing two headbands on one head. Don't know why. 
I have a Jesus piece on, Jesus, you know, charm on, and no, I was not a Christian. <laughs> and so, and yes, I thought I was really cool. I wish I can go back in time to that very moment and ask myself those questions and then drag myself to the, my old self to the mall and buy him some new clothes, clothes that actually fit. See, in the past, there have been some great things that we would never change. Some things that we will actually, some of us will love to live again. Some moments with family members, maybe a vacation or a concert or, or whatever it may be. There's some really awesome moments that we've had the opportunity to live. But there have also been some really hardships, some things that we're like, man, I, I wish that never happened. Man, I wish I can go and change what happened. A couple of days ago, I was reflecting on this photo that I saw a couple months ago, and it was entitled The Trail of Tears. And no, I'm not talking about the Instagram photo that I took earlier this morning as you were dragging your kids into church. But I'm talking about a moment in American history that was really entitled, this, this a, a opportunity, well, a time in which it was called a place of injustice, a journey of injustice, when a group of Native Americans were forced to leave their homeland and be relocated. These Native Americans, they, they had two choices to make. Either one, that we can stay, we can stay and fight and potentially die or two, we can leave and bring hope and give the next generation an opportunity. See, thousands of Native Americans, they gathered all their belongings as they could, and they started on this journey. Some of them were unfortunate, went on foot, some on horse, some on steamboat, some on a wagon, to this new place they would call home a place that they didn't want to call home, but they were forced to call home. Women route to their destination. Many men, women, and children were exposed. They, had, they got diseases. They starved. And a lot of them even died. It's just like the Israelites, right? When they were in, enslaved in Egypt, they could have just given up and say, this is it, We're just, I'm done. Or they could have been killed off. But they persevered. They persevered, and through that, God delivered them. And through that, a generation was saved. And through that, the hope of eternity was saved. So there are some real, there are and will be circumstances that are really harsh, that are really rough. But you'll never know, you'll never actually know the blessing that comes unless you persevere and remain obedient. Sometimes I wish I could go back in time. I do. But even through adversity, God is still good. God is still faithful. And God is doing something. 
my mom, she was dragged through some tough stuff. There may be some moms out here who possibly had the loss of a child or maybe a, a businessman who lost his business or a student who lost a semester because of some unfortunate circumstance or someone who just felt like they just lost it all. There are a lot of losses. There are. My mom experienced her share of losses. But in the time she experienced loss, she was still obedient to God. And she kept moving. She kept on pressing forward. I'm so glad that she did. Because after losing two boys prematurely, a third was born. And how much did she love this baby boy? How much did she cherish this baby boy? I'm so thankful that she persevered. Because I am that boy. I am him. I mean the world to my parents. But I even mean more to my mother. Words cannot describe the, the amount of love that she has for me. Sometimes it gets even overwhelming because how she still treats me as a little boy. She doesn't like me having a beard because it makes her see me as a man and not as a boy. You know, to this day, when I leave my parents' house, my mom refuses to tell me bye outside. My dad will go outside and tell me bye, but my mom will refuse to tell me bye outside. She'll hug me inside, she'll tell me she loves me, and then she'll go in her room and cry. It's true, it's true. You know, if it was up to my mom, I would never leave her side. Never. She wants me to live with her right now. See, this perfectly explains why I'm a mama's boy. I love my mom. She's amazing. But sometimes I need my space. See, this brings me to a picture of Mary watching her son, her boy, and how great this boy was, and how amazing this boy will later become. See, Luke chapter 2, verse 29 through 35, talks about the destiny of this young boy. And she goes to the temple She's going on the eighth day to get Jesus circumcised to fulfill the law of Moses. And Simeon, a man who was in, in the temple who was uh, filled with the Spirit, starts telling Mary and Joseph on how important this boy was. Not that she didn't forget, because the angel appeared to her and, and was telling her things prior to this point, or just a reminder is saying this boy is going to be special. He's going to be amazing. See, sometimes we need to be reminded of the things that we steward. The things that God has entrusted to us. Because it's not enough to be obedient through the circumstance. But we also have to be obedient to the thing that God has entrusted us with that he's birthed through us. 
through, through the circumstance. We're going to pick up here in verse 29. Like I said, it's Luke 2, chapter 2, 29 through 35. And this is Simeon speaking. It says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. Wow. In other words, one day Mary will feel such a pain and it will feel like a, a sword piercing her heart. But she continued being the mother of the Son of God, raising him in complete obedience to what God has called of her and her husband Joseph, knowing that one day great pain will come. The day Mary dreaded and feared had finally come. That day at the cross, she felt a stabbing pain go through her heart. And she saw her son carrying his own cross. And prior to that, being tortured and then being nailed to it. You know, all scripture tells us about Mary at this moment was that she was there, that she was present, that she remained powerless to the one that she nurtured, the one that she cared for and loved and adored over the last 33 years, but that she was there. She was, a, she was present being a mother to her son, encouraging him along the way with tears of tremendous pain going down her face. And even though little boy's dreams and goals and sometimes ambitions is, is to, to be like their dad, and they try to imitate their father to do the things that he did or does, there's a special bond that is formulated between a mom and her child. A special bond that neither a father or no man can possibly understand or even comprehend. See, I don't know if any of y'all have witnessed a parent, nonetheless a, a mother after a loss of a child, but it's a frightening sight. Their cries will just bring hairs on the back of your neck. And while I have not experienced losing a child or, or even had the privilege 
of being a parent yet. I've spoken to countless first-time parents, and what they say are, are all very similar. They say that nothing compares to that joy that comes with holding your child for the first time. That nothing in the world can ever compare to that moment in time when you see your son or daughter for the first time. And to lose that, there are no words. Losing a child is is every parent's worst fear. But when we look at Mary, we see that bringing the Son of God into the world will be a, a tremendous honor. But we also see that she would have to pay a price by possibly being stoned to death because of being pregnant and not being married, coping with, the, uh, coping with the gossip and ridicule from her neighbors and the people in her village, and then ultimately the day that she dreaded, the day that she would lose her beloved son. I cannot imagine the amount of tears that was shed by Mary that day at Calvary. Can't. But what I do know is, I know that her her tears nearly 2,000 years ago is what leads us to a place of hope, which leads us to the cross. Her obedience to raise Jesus as his mother and, her, and his obedience to say yes to the cross will later lead many into an eternal relationship with God through her son. See, total obedience may require that we give God our children, our time, our finances, our pride, our ego, our unforgiveness, just in order that others may be saved, that others may get to know who Jesus is. Is that too much? Maybe. Maybe it is. But when we consider the price that was paid by Jesus, I don't think he can ask too much. Can the worship team come up, please? Like Mary, some of you don't realize what you're stewarding in your obedience or the blessings that will come as you persevere and fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith.
Can you stand with me this morning? With every eye closed, I want, I want y'all to begin to ask Jesus, what are you asking me to give to you in, in order to further your kingdom? What is it do you want me to lay down? What is it that you want me to entrust in you? What are you calling me to be obedient in? Some of you already know what that is. And it's just more of a matter of you just saying, here, Jesus, here it is. I place it in your hands. God, I thank you, Father God, this morning that you've called us to be a people that will reflect your image. That you strip away the things that keep us from walking freely in victory through you, God. God, I pray that we will be able to listen to the words that you speak to us, God. That I will, not only that we will listen, that we'll be proactive and say yes. That you paid a price. That you paid the highest price for me. For me. God, thank you. Thank you that you've that you first do the thing that you call us to do. That you walked on this, on this earth. That you lived the life that we should have lived. And died the death that we should have died. In order for us to be reconciled into a relationship with you, God. How glorious is your name. How beautiful you are. God, we praise you this morning.